Well, hello there, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? Yes. The excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names in the artwork, and finally picking out the movie you were going to take home with you. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era and streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your house, but there was something truly special about making that trip, picking a movie out by hand, and watching it when you got home from being called to the hospital to perform emergency surgery. (laughs) On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte. Joining me as always, Two dudes who did not kill their wives. Sean Pryor and AJ Vince, how the heck are you? She's still alive. She's I didn't home kill right my now wife. Her, she's right at home right now with her son. I swear to God. Haven't married her yet, so it, it's out of my hands it's for a, now. It's not up to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friends, on today's episode, we will discuss a movie that was nominated for five Oscars. And was the third highest grossing worldwide film of 1993. Our first Harrison Ford, our first Tommy Lee Jones. Wow. We're, of course, talking about 1993's The Fugitive. Well, damn dang it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another nostalgic journey to the past with The Confused Breakfast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy wherever you are in the world. Take it away, boys. And if you are new to this podcast, we're going to be reviewing The Fugitive scene by scene with only a modern eye. But in order to get there, we must first talk about it nostalgically so that we can throw it in the trash and never talk about it again. AJ, tell us the first time you saw this movie, what your thoughts were and what your nostalgic rating is was. Here's the thing is I can't decipher if this is actually a thing, but when I heard we were going to do this movie the first place my brain went to was tbs dinner and a movie okay and i don't know if it actually was on there i can't tell you guys that i tried to research it u.s marshals was on there Mm -hmm. some other movies were on there but for some reason i was like i feel like i remember watching this movie on tbs dinner and a movie do you guys remember this this was on tv all the time i feel like this could probably be a mini bite someday for us because like tbs dinner and a movie i I was honestly as a kid it it pissed me off because because i was like i don't care about your stupid recipe you can make it in like five minutes i just want to see what happens order pizza like a real person thank you oh good just drink bush light and order pizza and so i thought uh, my it's where my brain immediately went regardless it was definitely on tv and it was definitely like my mom was <laughs> my mom was all excited about it um <laughs> but now as a 32 33 year old you're like that sounds great, actually. Yeah. I wish they'd oh, do that. Oh, I don't no, have to I go wanna, anywhere. Hey, I don't I have to go to a bar and like hang out with my friends. I can <laughs> oh, stay at home. That's great. I'm wow. going to drink some sparkling reddish wine and uh, have myself a night in. Apparently, champagne uh, can be dark red color. Mm-hmm. That's Who would have known? I had no idea. Uh, this. <laughs> no. So, uh, TBS, I didn't really care care about it. I knew there was a one-armed man involved. <laughs> that's about as far as I got, guys. And I knew my mom wanted me to watch the movie. Probably just to keep me entertained for at least like 45 minutes um, to some degree. I'm going to give this a 5.3. 5.3. Sean, what about you? Kind of the same. This was an, an adult movie to me. Yeah. And not in the yep. sense of 
it's an adult right, movie. Right, it was just right. like my parents watched it, and I, I sometimes took a glimpse at it when uh, they were watching it, and uh, I knew it had a one-armed man in it, and that freaked me out as a kid. Uh, and I knew that Harrison Ford, that uh, uh, Han Solo was uh, accused of murder. And that's kind of all I knew about it. Um, didn't really think much about it, but I definitely watched it back in the day. I'm going to give this a 4.9. Mm. 4.9. This movie was definitely made for adults. Like This was like made for my parents who... We're like, oh, Harrison Ford. This is a great thrill and a great. They, they. I remember they rented this movie, and then liked it so much that they bought it on VHS. And so we watched this movie a lot, guys. A lot of trains in this movie. <laughs> a lot of. Trains. You know, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I, I you was, were so sad. I was. There's a good train. It derails. Perfectly good train. <laughs> no, I I honestly watched this movie a lot as a kid. I loved it upon first watch. I'm an eight point nine nostalgically. Executive producer David Gould. He chose this as his right as an executive producer. He said, "Do this movie." And he said, being raised in a one television household, it was hard for me to watch the things I wanted to watch. Typically, it was my father or mother in control of the remote, and we had to watch the news, Rockford Files, Ma and Pa Kettle, or whatever black and white nostalgic classic that would bring my parents back to the pure joy and nostalgia of their younger days. Whether it was Nick at Night or TV Land, I don't know what, but my mother introduced me to the original The Fugitive television classic. As my parents were channel surfing one evening, they stopped on the Harrison Ford masterpiece The Fugitive. My father was enthralled, and my mother had comments about how this wasn't her fugitive. And well, for me, (laughs) I just... (laughs) Not my fugitive. And for me, I just didn't get it. I probably just hooked the dim LED light to my Game Boy Color and got lost in Super Mario's world and Instead of Mr. Ford's. As you do. Fast forward to my college years in a men's dorm where action classics and dumb comedies made up the majority of our dialogue amongst peers, where Chuck Norris Knight was a regular occurrence on the floor above me, and where an older, wiser Dave Gould was reintroduced to the movie that I overlooked so many years before. Harrison Ford's beard, Tommy Lee Jones' quips, and the quotes. To this day, you will hear me say to anyone that will listen, you find that man! And you find that man. He had a mechanical pause for the effect. Arm. <laughs> <laughs> Nostalgically, I've had a love-hate relationship with this movie, but mostly love, so my rating nostalgically would have to be a 6.86. So, fellas, that takes us to a 7.24 for a nostalgic rating, which is going to take us at every other movie we've ever done. <laughs> no, no, there has never been a 7.2 score. Really? No never shit. been a 7. It falls directly below The Warriors that was a 7.25 and directly above Cool Running's Christmas Story Kindergarten Cop which were all 7.23s. Hmm. Fair enough. At number 50 essentially on the list. How it you feel about that? Stands alone a 7.24. It's very mm. rare. 7. Point something is generally what our ratings are. Yeah. It's just you never know what it's going <laughs> to be. All right. Yeah. So we got to move on. We're stripping away the nostalgia. We're going to go to Sean, learn all the pertinent, important details of this movie. Sean, what you got, man? Welcome. Produced by Arnold Coulson, Coulson P- Peter McGregor Scott, and Stephen Brown. Story by David Twey. Screenplay by Jeb Stewart and David Twey. Based off characters created by Roy Huggins. Cinematography by Michael Chapman. Guys, he's back again. Chaps. 
Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, <laughs> Scrooge, Kindergarten Cop, and The Lost Boys. Damn. We've only done like one of those movies. We've done two of those movies. Okay, good. Now three. Music by James <laughs> Newton Howard. Uh, he's done every movie ever made uh, besides John uh, Waters. Not John Waters. John uh, Wick. Thank John Wick. Yep. Directed by Andrew Davis. He also did the, um, <laughs> a horror movie called The Final Terror. Uh, Steven Seagal movies such as Above the Law and Under Siege. Thank God. Uh, collateral Damage and Holes. Oh, that was a Steven Seagal movie? Yeah. <laughs> Cast. <laughs> Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones, Sella Ward, or Sheila Ward, sorry. Uh, Julianne Moore, Andreas Catulilius, Richard Richard Riley, Rob Dean, Tom Wood, L. Scott Caldwell, uh, Daniel Roebuck, Jaron Crabe, and Joey Pants. He's got to be up wait, there. Okay. So you know okay. we will consult it, okay? Based off, the, based off the 60 television series, a script for a feature version of The Fugitive had been on studios' minds for a while. After several writers and directors were attached to the project, including Walter Hill, the film finally landed its writers and director. Almost every actor in Hollywood was considered for Kimball, including Nick Nolte, Michael Douglas, Alec Baldwin, and Kevin Costner. Harrison Ford was eventually cast as he was interested in characters that were very different from him uh, in real life, and the character sported a beard in the film. He, re- he really wanted to play a character that had a beard. Uh, Gene Hackman and John Voight were considered for the role of Sam Gerard, but Tommy Lee Jones got the part. TJ. Most of the film was shot in Chicago, but some of it was also shot in North Carolina and Tennessee. Director Andrew Davis and Harrison Ford were both from Chicago, and it was actually Ford's idea to shoot in Chicago. A lot of the film was either rewritten the day of shooting or improvised. A, a lot of Tommy Lee Jones dialogue is actually off the cuff from him and a lot of ad libs. Uh, the film had, had a rush to get into theaters because Harrison Ford didn't have a lot of time to promote the film. Only 10 weeks was given the filmmakers to edit, mix and finish the film for its release because of the producers, because the producers set up seven editing, uh, bays, on the Warner lot and had six editors working on piecing together the film's scenes. All six editors were nominated for Academy Awards. That, that can't be understated enough to, uh, as much as the technical achievements this film is known for, mm-hmm. it's really not known for the quick turnaround that this, like, it was like three months turnaround. I was, was going to ask if, like, if that's fast and if so, comparatively how? Incredibly you fast. Know? Almost a year. Like in like big movies, like even like big big budget movies like this will take like maybe a year, like half a year to a year from start wow. to finish. Well, from when principal photography's done yeah. to like to editing, know, advertising and editing and mixing and wow. score. That's all got to be done. That was all done in three months on this Damn. film. Okay, and it took seven edit or six editors uh, to piece every every aspect of this film together. And it's not ever. I think this is the only movie ever. Still to have six uh, nominated for the uh, one for that for one really? award, um, yeah, it's unheard of, and uh, it I mean we'll we'll talk about it later, but it's pretty well put together. The Fugitive was released on August sixth. It's my birthday, nineteen ninety three, and on a budget of forty four million, the film made three hundred and sixty eight point nine million at the box office. It was nominated for seven Academy Awards, including Best Picture, and one Best Supporting Actor for Tommy Lee Jones and is regarded as one of the best, if not the best, television-to-film adaptations of all time. Did you find this... Uh, so so they adapted it from a television series called The Fugitive, but also apparently the television series was based on a true story. 
Mm. Did you find that at all? Uh, doc, Dr. Sam Shepard okay. apparently was a falsely accused uh, man like for killing his wife, but he actually did go to jail and was there for like 10-something years mm. and then had like a retrial or whatever. New evidence maybe acquitted him. Something like that, yeah. But I, I, I didn't dive too much into it because, um, you know, I was running late and shit, but that's apparently <laughs> that's apparently part of the story. So that'll be interesting to find more out about that. Yeah. So you know this podcast, you know you love us, you know that we love you. What we ask is that you just help us further this along. Listening is not enough anymore. I'm sorry. Like just listening and tuning in will no longer trip our trigger. So we need you to do two things. Number one, we need you to like and follow us on the social medias. That cannot be understated. We're actually kind of doing pretty good right now. We're at uh, 305 or 305,000 followers on the TikToks, but we could use more. Oh, we're at more. we're at sixteen thousand on the Instagrams. Wow. But we could use more. So go check if you're not following us on that stuff, go follow us. And the best way to support this, patreon.com slash confused breakfast. That is where you directly sponsor this podcast. You get to vote on upcoming movie episodes. You get private Discord stuff. You get uh access to a weekly bonus audio episode every single week. There's like 120 of them waiting for you. You sign up, you pay your fee. You can listen to them all in one month and then cancel if you want. They're waiting for you. Go check it out. That's all we ask of you. Patreon.com slash Confused Breakfast. Up next, AJ does the research, shares the ratings and reviews of critics and fans alike. And here comes a weird joke about the tomato meter. (laughs) I'm I'm still putting it together. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. The tomato meter. Flawless, flawless. Okay, listen. What I don't understand is like you can't really like do a Harrison Ford impression, and you literally just did one. Like he sounded like Harrison Ford. Get off my plane! (laughs) I didn't kill my wife. I didn't kill my wife. (laughs) I don't care. That was a great Tommy Lee. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Here I am. Can't do impressions. You can, Michael. Damn it. Ninety-six percent certified mm. fresh. Ninety-six percent. Ninety-six. That is top ten of any movie we've ever done. That is tied with Goodfellas. Damn. Slightly better than Saving Private Ryan. Slightly <laughs> worse than Back to the Future. That is where the critics feel this movie deserves to be. Oh. Wow. That's. Well, we'll discuss. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's an offense to be better than Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> right? <laughs> Like it's like it's like anti-war. Yeah. Like, what do you got against war I, heroes? I, yeah, I feel like there's. Like, you don't like veterans, I guess. Harrison Ford. No, we didn't know. We didn't That's know. What the, like, I played the president. I swear. I love them all. I don't care. Eighty-nine percent from the audience. Eighty-nine uh, percent yeah. there. Uh, Seven point eight. On IMDb. 7.8, that is a fantastic movie on IMDb. You, you, <laughs> yeah. just, you just shit on the rest of cinema. <laughs> Cobra, plop. <laughs> listen, listen to this. Of any movie we've done that is top 20, that is tied with The Goonies, Sandlot, Breakfast Club, Ghostbusters. Wow. Damn. Wow. That is a pretty good company. That is good yeah, company right there. I'd watch those, I guess. I'd check those movies out. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a nice movie. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a masterpiece. 
75 out of 100 Baltimore Sun. Stephen Hunter sim- simply, uh, the fugitive runs hard and true the whole way through. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> All right. Well done. He's running. They should have called the running man. Oh, wait. Empire. Angie Arago. 80... <laughs> 80 out of 100, 8 out of 10 performances transform this otherwise orthodox cat and mouse movie into a gripping experience. Uh, These keep going up, guys. Gene Siskel said, I've already seen The Fugitive twice. I'll probably see it again. He gave it 100 out of 100. You can't do that, Gene. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. You are saying this is the best movie you've ever seen, Gene. You basically just said that. You can't do that. Yeah, it's not fair. What about all the other movies? Well, Citizen Kane? 99. Uh, Rosebud. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I know Wars. the fugitive. Oh, <laughs> Back I, to the Future, 98. He didn't kill his wife. <laughs> I, I really believe they did. <laughs> <laughs> Harrison. <laughs> 100, 100 out of 100. Rolling Stone was the highest here. Peter Travers said, for dynamite suspense loaded with... <laughs> Loaded with thrills and a wicked fun, you can't beat The Fugitive. The summer's best action blaster. <laughs> action blaster? <laughs> Wait, what, what? That's what our movie is going to be called, by the way. You mean Jurassic, action blaster. Jurassic Park? Let's take a Park moment is, for this Nerf commercial. <laughs> Jurassic Park is not an action blaster? Okay, just check it. No, no. <laughs> you don't even know. Starship no. Trooper's not an action blaster? That's an action blaster if I've ever heard one. That is the definition of action blaster. Yeah. Jizz, have you horsecock? Have you? Horsecock. Hello, hello. Have you seen? We're still trying to de- decide if he killed his wife. No, we found that out immediately. <laughs> He's so Harrison it's, Ford. It's not suspenseful anymore. <laughs> can you? Can we? Jurassic Park. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, let, hated this movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, damn. I didn't say that. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there, baby. Uh, ten out of ten out of ten. Let's do it, guys. I've only got two because they're kind of longer, and I got to dice them up a little bit. Okay, so this is out of a hundred. Um, Lisa Lisa Fordier, ten out of ten, hundred out of a hundred, gave this a million out of a million, calling it a very good thriller. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> what do you What do you say, Lisa Fordier? <laughs> May twenty fourth, twenty thirteen. Warning spoilers. I will try not to mention them. Uh, <laughs> Harrison Ford is a brilliant actor. End of story. End of it. You gotta love his performance in this film, and I'm not gonna lie here, uh, but the 80s and 90s were the best films of all (laughs) compared to now. Uh, Parentheses. Except for some of these are brilliant, like Shrek and Tangled. I fucking love it. There's an etc on there, too. <laughs> well, you know, Shrek and Tangled. And then, Dude, animation's and then, going off the rails in 2013. And Let's, so on. Um, uh, this is... This is... Uh, she said... She she decided to give... I'm assuming Lisa... Uh, was, is, they're giving this a whole synopsis of the movie, but then gets to this end, says, bottom line, this movie was brilliant. You gotta love the story. You gotta love the acting, and everything about this film is fantastic. I know it's not aimed towards women like me, and I don't want to sound racist. <laughs> when saying so, don't. When saying so it. don't. <laughs> when saying it. Oh, I know it gets oh crazy right here. Uh, I don't want to sound racist when saying it, but I, for one, would highly put this film in at no at number twenty on my list of all time favorite movies. It is my all time favorite. Is it my all time favorite movie? No, but is it a great film? Yes. 
So, so hold you're on. Being racist. Where is the racism at? <laughs> For liking things, Mike. <laughs> it, I I need to know. Is she implying that like number 21 is like <laughs> is like a movie that we don't want to talk that's, that's for a different sort of people oh my god uh, i don't mean to sound racist but i'd put this in my number my top that's 20. like that's like you know what i don't want to be racist or anything but man i love cheeseburgers like i don't want to be racist <laughs> like, but i think the texas chainsaw master is the greatest horror movie of all like, time like what's number 21 bad boys <laughs> like what? <laughs> Just come out and say it. Just like tell, what's tell wrong. us what the movie is. <laughs> Number twenty one. Roots. <laughs> the color purple. What the fuck are you saying? I fucking love it. <laughs> Such good acting. I'm sorry I haven't followed your story up to now, Lisa Perdier. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know your backstory. I don't understand what she's saying. Number twenty one. Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> well, that's racist towards lizards. <laughs> towards thunder lizards. I love this segment. <laughs> So this is a 1 out of 10. This is not good. So bad is what it says. And this was very recent, May 21, 2023. If you're listening, you got yours on. I don't. I wouldn't recognize it. CFR 56761. There you go. It was very recent. I saw this in theaters uh, when, it, when, it, when it was released in 1993, but have absolutely no recollection of the film. So it obviously didn't leave any kind of impression on me back then. Obviously. In 1993. At the time, I knew nothing about the TV series that it was based on. It took me 30 years. But thanks to classic TV, uh, t- classic TV channels and DVD, I only recently discovered the 1960 series and was absolutely riveted by it and feel it was one of the best television series ever made. The characters of Richard Kimball and Lieutenant Gerard were perfectly played by David Jansen and Barry Morse in that series. After I finished watching that, I decided to watch the 1993 film version since I remembered nothing from my first viewing 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And watching it again, I can understand why. Mm. Shit. It's bad. Oh. (laughs) It's really bad. Real bad. And Harrison Ford is no Richard Kimball. (laughs) (laughs) Not my Richard Kimball. (laughs) Not my Richard Kimball. (laughs) And Tommy Lee Jones... Could not be more 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 annoying than he is here. Wow. It's so bad and chock full of inconsistencies and implausibilities. And that scene over the dam will just have you howling with laughter at the implausibility of it. Both Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones are terrible in the iconic roles of Kimball and Gerard. This film is a Roadrunner cartoon farce compared to the TV series and lacks the depth and also the heart and soul that the TV series so perfectly captured. And how this fugitive is just able to enter restricted areas of hospitals unnoticed whenever he feels like it is hysterical. I'm rating this one star only because there's no zero star option here. You're one of those, huh? He's one of them. Watch the 10 star 1963 series instead of this colossal mess. Mm. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> is that his? Uh, that's mm. farts. Yeah, he's still on mm. Farts in a glass. <laughs> 1963 was the greatest era of all time for television. They're putting rainbows on the beer cans now. Hey, but <laughs> you can't have rainbows on the beer cans because television wasn't in color back then. 
<laughs> Wait till we break it to him that there was rainbows on television back then. You just couldn't see it. Click your heels together and go on back, you asshat. All right. Well, listen, I don't want to sound sexist, but I love, I love Cedar Ridge whiskey more than any other whiskey. Cedar Ridge whiskey has been with us from the start, and they are the best whiskey ever made. And they support this podcast, so what you can do is support them. Like, if you like whiskey, if your dad likes whiskey, if your mom likes whiskey... Sexist. Sorry. <laughs> if anyone in your life likes whiskey, this is the, what you got to do. You got to give them a shot. You got to either grab their flagship kind of just classic bourbon. What do they call it? Technically, just straight bourbon whiskey. Mm. You can grab their collaboration with Slipknot. Oh, yeah, dude. Combining bourbon and rye in a, just a delicate balance of craziness yeah Ooh. delicate but crazy it's called number nine yeah. their american quintessential single malt is winning awards left and right it is a technically a scotch can't call a scotch single malt hey, hey. i hate scotch Don't be racist. i fucking love this yeah that's countryist <laughs> <laughs> i love american better than i love scotland uh, uh, how dare you no that's two actually never mind Check Cedar Ridge whiskey out. Get some from your local store. If you can't, you can order it online directly to your house. CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. If you're in Iowa ever, go visit them in Swisher, Iowa. The best pizza I've ever had in my life. The best little outdoor beer kind of garden thing. They got music. Take a tour of their whiskey. Come hang out with us. We'll tell you our address. Yeah. Yeah. And our credit card number. CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. Yeah. <laughs> CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. All right, listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Our podcast has been going strong for over 2.5 years. Average downloads per episode minus some very low interest mini bites like Legends of the Hidden Temple is 15,000. That gives us a chance of hitting number one again on the charts soon. What I want from each and every one of you is a hard target, word of mouth, confused breakfast campaign of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, henhouse, outhouse, whorehouse, house of carpets, waffle house, and doghouse in your area. The scene-by-scene analysis of The Fugitive starts now. We're called The Confused Breakfast. Here we go. Yes, sir. Scene one. Dr. Richard Kimball returns home to discover his wife, Helen, fatally wounded by a one-armed assailant. Despite his efforts, the attacker evades capture. He's falsely accused of murder, convicted, and receives a death sentence. During transport to death row, Kimball's fellow prisoners attempt to escape, which causes the bus to crash down a hill and onto train tracks. Where an oncoming train is approaching, Kimball saves a guard's life and escapes the collision. I'll be honest with you. I thought Lieutenant Gerard was here in the room. That was wonderful. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah. That was really, really well done. I'm just saying, man. Yeah. Like I added House of Carpets in there and yeah. Waffle House. I know. Whorehouse. He doesn't say Whorehouse. It doesn't. Yeah. No. Stag was, House. No. I, I couldn't think of any more businesses with house in the house. title. I, I wanted to cheer. I wanted I wanted to hear, here we go, but I didn't get it. And I was like, I just want this to be memorable. Ronald McDonald's House. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, house Depot. Home Depot. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God, Home Depot. We do got to talk about this 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 opening scene because yeah. this is everything that I've been complaining about in, in all these movies, like Speed. Four minutes of just here's the director, here's the cinematographer. This <laughs> dude, the credits run over fifteen. The first fifteen minutes of this film it pauses, yes. and then begins again. And and it, that's what I want. Like if I wanted to know who the director was, I could look at it. But otherwise, I don't care. So I want to watch what's happening in the movie. Don't waste my fucking time. And this movie just goes, here's the movie, guys. If you feel like reading the credits, go ahead. 
Yeah, I, I feel, love it. I feel like that the beginning scene is very startling, like the the fucking bangs and yeah. and flashes of like violence and uh, uh, the negative film look. You know, is mm. is very startling, but also very nineties. Yeah, very it's like it's uh, got a feel. It's very almost almost Hallmark movie to me. It's like, oh, hey, we just figured out how to do negative on the film. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> do it now. <laughs> oh, do yeah, it as a stab comes down. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know. Like it, it stuck with me as a kid, and 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 rewatching it uh, the this this time, it's a little cheesy to me, but then uh, it it kind of ramps up from there. Although. We, as we get to it, as his dream scenes are also yes. in negative film. So yeah. I, I don't know, but you you talk about I, I really love how they portray Richard Kimball and his wife, and how you know what what are they in their their forties? Like they're they're showing him as an older guy and how how like still in love they are, and you know, and like she's like, oh, you got to go on that emergency surgery. Don't worry, I'll wait up for you. Um, my wife would be sleeping. Hundred percent. If I if I had to leave at midnight, ride. if I had to leave at midnight real quick to like real quick go record a two hour podcast and in, in the before and the after, she's not putting the robe on the thing. She's not doing the rose petals or getting the champagne. She's sleeping by the time she hits the couch. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is this is bullshit. Yeah, I like, think this, uh, this is the is most is, unrealistic part of this entire is, movie. Really Honestly, you're absolutely right. We'll do it in the morning. Yep. No. <laughs> now, we maybe can, we can in the morning. That's <laughs> we what, can. That's what they give. I you. didn't. I didn't promise anything. I just said, eh, maybe. We could. If the dogs aren't like all over us in the morning, you know, maybe it's maybe. just a, it's just to keep you at bay a little bit longer. <laughs> But yeah. not not Kimball's dragging this out. Not Kimball's. No, no, she's in for it. She she wants that Doctor Dick, and uh, <laughs> I'm here for it, man. The bearded bearded Ford, bearded Ford. Good. Th- you know what? That's probably why. That's probably why she she definitely holds charity events, runs like five Ks before going home and putting rose petals <laughs> down. Well, and by the way, even even had the audacity to put the 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 white wine into the freaking freezer to Come on chill. Now. Yes, she chilled your wine. Yeah. It's all because you look sexy as fuck, fuck in that with beard. that beard. That's do you right. Like, do you like his look in the beginning of this movie? I love it so much, and the producers Works. hated right. it. Right? They they so like he he wanted to do this movie with full beard like all the time, and it's a good decision later on him trimming it. Obviously, I like that. I like how that. he can change his appearance. It's yeah, the easiest it's way to easiest do that. way to do it. You're right, and like but the producers like we paid for Harrison Ford's face though. <laughs> yeah. So we want to see his face throughout the entire movie, you know, and it's just like, yeah, but damn, he looks so goddamn good. L- longer hair, like like mid-length hair and yeah. beards were not cool right. in the 90s. Like, you know, so... It's a tough thing to remember. Right, because right now you're like, oh, cool, hipster Harrison Ford, you know, what do you, what do you like, vinyl collections, Harrison mm. Ford? But Ooh, like, yeah. that was a, that was a decision that would startle people to be like, jeez, Who's that guy? You know, yeah. like now, now he just looks like every dude on the street. But. Yeah, and and that's it's like the reverse of it wouldn't maybe have been of a shock. I guess yes. is that maybe yeah, it? Like that's true. Oh, we'll start him nice and clean cut. He's a doctor for God's sake, and then then we'll let him grow out his beard. He'd be too you know scruffy and I don't know. Um, it's I think it's a it was a good conscious decision on it. Um, I I really do like this kind of cutting back and forth. Uh, too. I think it was one this of the is, first movies I remember seeing some sort of uh, weird 
displacement of time. I didn't because yeah. I saw it when it came out. I I didn't remember. It was cool to me. I was like, holy shit, they're like jumping in and out. I I just think it, it's uh it's very cool. I think it it does keep you guessing in yeah. some degree. And like uh I, you know I I'm trying to think back if I really ever thought at one point or another that he did. You got to keep in mind like. I didn't watch the 1960 no. series. Come nobody, on, man. Not, like, not a lot of people have no. when this movie came yeah. out. Really? F- fucking one out of ten guy apparently like had to fish it all out with DVDs and like classic TV and whatnot. Like I, I had no I had no idea that it was a TV series. Maybe my mom or dad faintly mentioned that. But up until that point, like I'm still watching this thinking like, I don't know, anything could have happened. I don't yeah, know maybe he see did. much, you know. Maybe he did. I don't know. Well, especially because of that courtroom fucking that that voicemail is just like, oh, yeah, no. Ooh, that's no, I mean, damning. And the movie is pretty. It, it's not really overtly saying that he didn't do it either. You know, it's not mm-hmm. giving you it's that comfort. True. It's just showing you this character who is may or may not have done it. Probably didn't. And is arguing for not doing it. But it's just like also casting Harrison Ford is a very. Uh, Tell tell sign that he probably did do it, but still the movie is not being like no he didn't do it like because because the voicemail and everything and this is just my worst nightmare. Oh dude, exactly. You fucking kidding me? Like like, sentenced to death, just like death, (laughs) death penalty in two weeks. Yeah, like what? They battled with this a little bit. Is my understanding if they if they wanted to be like a death sentence or life in prison? What's worse? Probably life in prison. To me, honestly, like Like, life in prison, but. I, I don't want that. Like, I don't want either, obviously. But um, <laughs> but no, like, they've kind of battled with that. I think Harrison Ford really wanted it to be like a life in prison sentence, right. whereas the producer's like, no, we want it to be very finite and uh, and everything. And Harrison Ford lost that battle. For as, for as uh, smart as he's portrayed in this movie, like, not getting a lawyer right off the bat, like, you would have thought some super rich doctor would have immediately been like, for anyone listening, like... If you ever get called in for an interrogation or something, like whether you did it or not, you, you lawyer up. Don't Shut say the a fuck damn up. word to any cop ever. <laughs> yes, like like go in there and and he well, and it's just weird to me. Like how did they not? How did he not have like the best attorneys in the world no, on this case? He's got a guy who looks like he works at fucking Pepperidge Farm. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going hey, on? This is my guy. This is my like, buddy from oh, high school. Oh no, he's I think he's very really good. <laughs> well, he got it. You got it. Sure, he didn't do it, guys. He didn't. He didn't he's do got, it. Like, fucking hey, just look at he's him. Like, he didn't do it. He's a he's a doctor. <laughs> it's like, would you get out of here? Ron Kuby was my student. <laughs> Meredith Bird's older brother. <laughs> Like what's, Baxter <laughs> like, what's going on? Well, and like, even even Tommy Lee Jones and his crew, like, have a better defense than he apparently had. Just the fact of him, he came from a children's fundraiser, then <laughs> left his wife to go do midnight emergency surgery on someone. Oh, just the best guy ever? And, and he, he's already the, the number one vascular surgeon in the world. He's fucking rich. He doesn't need... <laughs> The freaking he loves his wife. <laughs> he doesn't need the insurance payoff. Okay, no. he doesn't need it. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? We here's here's what a reasonable cop would have said the moment he walked into there. He would have been like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "God, do you think he did it?" Oh no, there's rose petals here. Uh, <laughs> that's a they, loving wife. Like, when's the last time your wife did that? She's never done. They that. were Fucking wicked excited did. to bang. This is not the guy. God, I am so sorry. <laughs> 
hey guy, I'm really sorry. I am that. so sorry. No, We're I've... gonna get you one of those like uh, thermal blankets <laughs> and wrap you up in one and of you're those. Gonna tell your story to a sympathetic cop. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be- because this was not you. <laughs> no, I fake. I fake kill my wife just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. All the time. <laughs> Could have killed you. <laughs> you gotta talk. We gotta talk about the the other cop, uh, Detective Rossetti, played by Joseph Casala. He- is this, this Glasses McGonagall or is this... This is Glasses McGonagall. <laughs> this motherfucker, like, I wanted to be like, this is the most stereotypical fucking Chicago hot dog eating cop I've ever seen. You know why? Because he was a Chicago cop. Yeah. He's a retired police officer. He's been in a couple shows and movies. Pretty much everything is, a, is his, or his role as a cop. That makes he me, nails this it, almost it, to the point where I thought he was overacting. No, that's just well, who he is. Harrison Ford didn't know the questions they were going to be asking him in the interrogation no scene shit. either. Like, yeah. was, like a lot of as we'll get to with with this whole movie, a lot of it was come up with on the spot. Like the so that makes was, sense that this dude probably knew what questions exactly. would be asked, so, and then the uh, filmmakers didn't tell him. He didn't and cool. didn't tell Harrison Ford. So Harrison Ford's reaction is just like. Um, you know, he had to make up what his character might say yeah. in this moment. Damn. You know? he, 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 and I think, I think that's, I think that comes back to very baseline base layer of why this movie became so great is because of moments like this, yeah, right? that the, the direction of doing so, because to be able to tell them, I want you to interrogate this guy as Dr. Richard Kimball, Here's and he's going know. to have Go. to answer you and you're going to have to respond to him. And they basically told them, say, Hey, you don't believe this guy. So yeah. fucking try to yeah. pigeonhole him into a, into something, this saying is, something wrong. This is what you would do. Like we need, you don't believe him. That's basically your only thing. Ugh. Again, that's why you lawyer up. These cops yeah. are literally trying. They don't give a fuck if you did it or not. They're trying to make you admit that you did do it. Did Whether I'm, you did it or not. It took, it took a long time in the last movie, but I'm going to do it now. Hit it. Oh, hit it! If we were on a train to yes. go punch a face, and we are yeah, on I'm on board. <laughs> You're damn right. We're about That's to be. We're about to be, and it's it is. It's Rosetti. That's who you're going to punch. It's Rosetti for me, man. Because because at no point there's no point where he continue. He actually buys in. There's and and him and other guy who we've had in our movies before. We'll and get to him. Yep. I, I think they're about equal. I think they're equal partners in it, taking this punch. So you and you okay? I agree with you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna punch him yet, but I agree with what you just said. Where he, at the end of the movie, he knows he fucked up this investigation, yeah. and he says, "Shoot, shoot him, kill him." He wants him dead so that they can't prove that he yeah. fucked up the investigation. Correct. Yeah, because think about it, at the end too. They know all those witnesses on the train were like, "Yeah, dude, Kimball didn't shoot the cop. The this guy shot the cop." Yep. Like, and then they can radio be like, hey, Kimball didn't shoot the cop. Yep. But they're like, nope, yeah. shoot him and kill him. It's Chicago almost, PD it's is going like, to eat uh, him alive. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, it's almost like the uh, shithead in uh, Legend of Billie Jean, you know, where he's like yeah. kind of propelling this narrative that's yes. actually untrue that he knows is untrue, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to punch him, though. Are you going to punch him? I'll punch him. Okay. I don't have anybody else. I'll let you guys punch him. I want to punch the, the Polish drug dealing kid in the face just for the, the way his face looks. <laughs> Oh, he was my backup. He was just, my backup. The guy whose mom gives him the house? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's just what I'm the, telling it's you. just his face. His That's face. what I'm telling you. Yeah. Eats breakfast burrito. <laughs> Why are you First here? First warm meal he's had in fucking who knows how it's long. Like his, his mom's handler. Is like, dude, I don't think she needs a handler. No, she's no. doing just fine. Yeah. She's, she's all right. She seems like a tough lady. Yeah. She raised you, for God's sake. So this train, yeah. this train scene. 
first of all, Richard Riley, great dude, great uh, a B kind of level actor who's in most things you've ever seen. Yes. you know, jump um, to conclusions, Matt. Exactly. From yes. Space. Yes. yes. <laughs> Go freaking jump to a conclusion. Get off this train. <laughs> so everything in this movie is pretty well done in the fact of realism. Um, like everything really makes sense, and we'll get to more of like the logistics of like evading capture later, but. Even this train wreck, it's 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 they got this from Con Air, first of all. Uh, I know they did. Um, that's a joke. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Wait, I, I still don't even know what the joke is. Tell me. I'm slow today. So the, the, prison, the prisoners on the bus. Ah, <laughs> yeah, good, go. yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. They're okay. yeah, like, wow. I, well, I thought we were talking about trains. We just did Whatever. that movie, and you know, I thought we were talking about trains. It's fine. Yeah. Now, hey, may, maybe Richard Kimball should. Should taking taking a train and keep going. instead of a bus. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're, so we're, we're the best at this. Uh, we're so good. Oh man! Ooh. <laughs> Next time, take the bus. Well, I fucking tried that. Sorry, <laughs> they wouldn't let me. <laughs> well, I just like I love how this whole thing like kind of plays out. Where it's like that's this is maybe the most unbelievable. Like it's convenient, I guess not unbelievable, but like convenient aspect of the movie. Right. Where it's like there is like a a, a planned and botched escape from this bus you know uh what do you guys think i i still i like kind of think it still is like plausible it's it's weirdly like it's one in a million but like it it doesn't feel far-fetched to me the one the one like even the the train derailment looks real because it was real right like they there there's fucking parts of the wrecked train and bus still in dillsboro north carolina is like a tourist attraction but everything looks great to me but the one thing that they fucked up on was this bus rolls down the hill and it comes to a stop. It's like against a tree. And then the next shot is it's on train tracks. <laughs> like they did not they did not line that up at all. Mm, that's good. On point. how they did that. That's the uh, only thing. Like, I think the other half was it was on was on the train tracks though, right? I, it's, it, I'll look at it again. I'll I'll make a TikTok. Uh but it like <laughs> it like stops and it's just in a ravine. Well don't make a TikTok just about that because this whole scene is incredible the way they did yes. it. And the way that it's break, broken down is the the re, they use real train cars, first yes. of all. They bought these train cars to use for this scene they used a real bus uh the the stunning train derailment they used 11 cameras around this thing because they, they it was they one time to, right they had to get this right uh the crash hit one of the cameras as the crew had to dig through the rubble to find the camera they were shocked to find the footage still intact yes but three other cameras were destroyed and the footage was, is gone so somewhere Ooh. in the world there were three other angles of this movie of the scene that we didn't never saw. The whole set piece was done in one take, as CGI was not quite up to par yet, and making any miniatures would have would be too way more expensive than actually using right. these real trains. That's mind This whole set piece cost one million dollars to just pull this whole thing off in one single take. This is this is why this is like goes down in history as like one of the best set pieces ever filmed. Well, let me throw it out there. This scene is what made this movie so like popular, I want to say. And so it was money well spent. Like this is what you think of two things when you think of this movie. You think of the train and you think of the the dam. 
Like those are yeah. the scenes of this movie that everybody's like, oh, because think about it, it's it's pre-internet. You're like, oh, we saw the fugitive. There's this fucking train crash and he jumps off a bridge and like, so it was money well spent. Yeah, I mean, you still get anxiety watching it for the yes ninth time that yeah. you're just like, no, because I can, I know I've been in a place where I've had to do that move to get out of the window and it's really hard. <laughs> and you're like, like I was like when you're a kid on the monkey bars or something and you fall through the monkey bars. Yes, you got to do yes. this. You got to do this move to get yourself out so you don't fall and break your spine, you know? And then later you find out you had that, muscles Richard that Kimball. you never knew you had. Exactly. Right. And then and then you go on oh. to become a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> and you sit for a living. <laughs> <laughs> sit and talk for a living. Well, no, oh, they, they nailed, they nailed yeah. that scene. It was fair. The only thing that looked bad was the him jumping off the train. That was green screen, I think. No, that was real. It was a stuntman. It was sure real, but you, they, you they, sure put, about that? they put two shots together. Okay. There was it was uh it was it was blue screen for him doing the jump, but it was also there was also a stunt man and okay, the trees. Cool, cool, yeah, cool. the train was true. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, scene two, U.S. Deputy Marshal Samuel Gerard and his staff arrive on scene and launch a manhunt. After altering his appearance and stealing an ambulance, Kimball almost gets caught in a tunnel, but evades the marshals by slipping into a storm drain. Eventually cornered by Gerard, Kimball proclaims his innocence, but jumps off a spillway over the dam, escaping. Can we talk about, you know how zombie movies and like um, Walking Dead kind of makes you have this mental thought of like, Man, I, I think I'd be good at like surviving the zombie apocalypse. I always have the dream of like, could I evade? Could I disappear and like evade cops? I I like thinking that I could. Yeah. Do you ever? Did, am I the only one that like no, likes to dream that? You're like, not the only no. one at all. But this movie makes me know that I could not. <laughs> one million. Percent. Especially if there was someone like Sam Girard on my ass, which there most certainly will be. <laughs> yeah. Not even in 93 do I think I could have done it. Everything I know today, everything in 93, I couldn't do it. Like, And it'd be even harder today. Man, if I shaved my beard off today, you wouldn't know. Well, yeah, that's, you'd look way different. I'd look way fucking that, that's different. Be, see, and that is the beauty of this, of why it's great that he started with a beard. Yeah. Because of that reason. He becomes a different person now that he had this larger beard. And all of their... All of their... Um, Images of him have the beard, mm-hmm. um, all those uh, insanely uh, ridiculous childlike f- drawing photos that they had on the whiteboard. Uh-huh. Apparently, those are going to help. They could have they could have just <laughs> given a photo out to people and be like, yeah. "Imagine this guy, but he may have shaved his beard." They're like, "No, yeah. you need to draw what he would look oh, like." Oh, I got can it. Draw- yeah, <laughs> can, you, can you can you draw him? Um, I want to draw you. Okay, uh, here it is, and that's what you got out of it. Yeah, that should that should really help us. Let's make seventeen thousand copies of that. <laughs> Idiots. I like this U.S. Marshal cast a lot. Hundred percent. Obviously, Tommy Lee Jones is great, but I also love Daniel Roebuck. He's like an essential actor in this era. You know, which he, one is he? He's a mis- mustachio uh, man, yes, kind yes. of flat top. Very haircut. true. I like him a lot in like most movies I see him in. He works with uh, uh, Rob Zombie a lot now. Surprised um, he didn't get a supporting Oscar. Uh, for that freaking accent he's got going into this. <laughs> that man is Chicago through and through. Could have fooled me. Yep. Chicago. Man. Chicago. Yeah, I, I like him a lot, but then we get Joey Pants. I know. Should we talk so, about Joey so Pants? So the Jarrett Layoff Confused Breakfast Actor Database um, confirms that the the actor in this movie that has been in the most movies we've done is Joey Pants. This is his fourth movie he's been in. He's not quite up on that Rushmore, but he's getting close. Mm. Wow. Can you... Um, 
uh, name who would be next. There's one other actor that was in three movies we've done. In this movie? That was in this movie. Uh, um, um, other, <laughs> other cop. Other cop. Ron Dean. Ron Dean. Was, uh, was, one, of the da- was the, one of the dads in Breakfast Club, and he was uh, in Cocktail. He was, oh, uh, yeah. he was the uncle in Cocktail. Yep. So he's yeah, been in three movies right. that we've done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's he's uh he's uh Emilio Estevez's dad. Yep, yeah. exactly. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. and the beard's an interesting thing too, because he's it's two-sided, right? So he shaves his beard, and like let's say he doesn't shave his beard, he's getting caught on an hour one by that cop in the hallway when he's in the hospital. Yeah, hundred percent. He's immediately caught at that point, but he made the decision to shave his beard, which turned out to be smart. The cop didn't recognize him. But then he fucks up, and then the one of the cops from the bus sees him. He puts his face down and looks at him, yeah. and, the, and the cop goes, oh, shit. If he had not showed his face to that cop in the stretcher, he'd be gone. Like, I think he would have been it's completely true. gone. Like, he would have made a very valiant attempt at being gone. But because that cop saw him, everybody converged on that town, and we get the big chase and the, and the helicopter and shit like that. So it's crazy how... One little move back either way could have changed his whole outlook on this thing. Hundred percent. Like he didn't have to do that, but uh, he's got that. Um, it's the healthcare provider doctor oath that they take. You know um, that no matter what, they will always be uh, helping and trying to save lives. That's the oath that healthcare providers like take. Right. This man. Uh, who has been accused of of slaughtering his wife can't even walk away from a a, a stretcher that won't come down right, guys. <laughs> oh, it's not really working. Let me help you out there, guys. I'm trying to el- evade the police and the U.S. Marshals, but I better ha- stop for a moment to help you let down the legs of that stretcher and then get seen by this guy. Yeah, the guy didn't say like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I saw I saw Kimball." You know, he he said, "Well, I, well, he said I I didn't I saw Kimball, but I." What I didn't say was he helped me too, you know. Nobody yeah. seems to talk about the good things Kimball's doing. Here. Yeah, and it's I, I believe that I believe that for sure. And I also I also want to talk about this hospital scene where it's just it's this shit is riveting to me, and I, it's it's totally believable. Uh, the, how he gets into these places, yes. you know, he cuts his beard. Um, he's taking the food from the old guy, you know. <laughs> uh, it's almost like he felt bad too. Yeah, he's exactly. kind of like, hey, dude, I'm really I, sorry. I need this man. shit more than you do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know right, what you're right. going through, but right now you just need sleep. Honestly, I need he food. probably does know what he's going through because he read his chart. Yeah. Or some <laughs> shit. He doesn't need these. It's a hobby <laughs> yeah, of his. Actually, that's probably a detriment to his health. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna need these beans. Uh, be he's not it. hungry, but he's like, I gotta, I have to eat this, or else when he wakes up. No, it's really, it's really like. I, it's incredible, incredible to me how how well this is edited together and uh, the realism of this whole movie is, works so well. And I, I love the aspect that they did the train derailment all in real, all, all real, like all real train things and all in one take. Um, and then all of this, all of this stuff is just makes it even more believable to me. Like it makes you don't even have to like try to buy into it. You just kind of do, right? That's how I feel. What about I, you guys? You're 100% right. I, I, I do. I agree with you. I, I absolutely agree with you. What is the... I'm going to ask you guys this. Because what is the time frame of this movie? How long does this movie take? I think it's, over? I think it's hard to tell. I think I think right now we're only in, we're in the next day at this point of the movie. But... How long was he in his little apartment and doing his research? That's hard to tell, I think. See, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. There is a time lapse in here somewhere of this movie. Think so? I know, I like, because 
I know that somebody mentions that this has been going on for a year. No. Really? I'm almost positive, guys. Well, maybe that explains how he dyed his hair black, but then all of a sudden it was like brown and normal. (laughs) (laughs) They mentioned that. Maybe. Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out is like if there was a time lapse between when he's actually leaving, when this when the trial happened and when he's being transported. Oh, I see what you're saying. If that was a thing, like there's a gap where he was in prison, but maybe he's being transported for his death sentence or or if. He gets to his apartment and, and in he's Chicago, there for like a year. and he's going through Chicago for about a year's time. Oh man, I don't know. They don't really address that at all. I know, and that's the thing. I looked back and I kept waiting and looking for like a time lapse, one right. year later, six months no. later, it that f- kind of thing, and it never happens. It feels like it's not that long. It feels yeah. like it's maybe a month and a half, two months. Maybe. Right. I, sometimes I feel like it's even less. Yeah, I feel like man, it's weeks. a week. And they talk <clears> about <throat> it like, well, Richard Kimball, what what do you think made him come back? You know, what made him come back to Chicago, that kind of stuff. Like, that kind of talk makes me think that, like, there's some big time lapse here. Mm. And why would you go searching for an apartment if it's only been a couple of weeks, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I know that's real critical and everything, but I just, I kept thinking about it. I didn't know if you guys uh, noticed anything like that. I didn't. Do you do you think to me? I mean, as much as I love trains, yes. But, oh, of course. But uh, of course. I think the dam. I think the tunnel system to the dam is the most iconic scene of this movie. The I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. I don't care. That's the line in the movie. I think. And when didn't wasn't it supposed to be something different? It Did was, you read that? It was supposed to be that isn't my problem. And Tommy Lee Jones, like a lot of a lot of most of the dialogue in this movie is just like written on the day written on like right before they were starting to film or just ad-libbed as they as he said action you know and it, i think that's what's indicative about Tommy Lee jones's performance in this is that he took a lot of liberties of this character himself and even by changing that line uh i didn't kill my wife to i don't care from this isn't my problem the changing of that line is honestly genius and speaks way more to gerard as a character to me Jones's uh, awareness to know the original line is not what Gerard would say yep. as a character is probably one of the reasons why he got the Oscar. Mm. Well, because it feels like a Gerard thing to say because he's more focused on the job. Yeah, like he, he doesn't he doesn't care what Harrison Ford has done or not done. He's just gonna get his man. They told me to get you. I'm getting you. Yeah. Right. I don't care what you did or didn't do. He literally doesn't care. You're get, I'm getting you. You know, and it's and I I feel like that isn't my problem. It's just more of a lesser line whereas i don't care i don't care it really just feels like you know like he doesn't that's not that is not my problem (laughs) no my problem it doesn't ring you know like this especially where they're standing they're in this instant like was he actually standing at the edge of that dam i don't know it It sure shit fucking look like it it. looked really really real i this is the most iconic scene to me it absolutely is there's um there's a reason why Tommy Lee Jones took these liberties. Harrison Ford did too. Yeah. Like there is a lot of leniency in in doing this and allowing them to be their characters, you know? And, uh, but the, the, the damn scene is what I always go back to. Yeah. Whenever somebody says the fugitive, I automatically just think that. I automatically picture the world's worst dummy going over the. <laughs> That's also <laughs> it's true. The one, it's the one thing where you're like, ah. Oh. But if that proves anything, it almost proves the point of this movie that everybody's like, ain't nobody surviving that fucking fall. 
because they couldn't even get a stuntman to do it. Yeah, no <laughs> you way. know, like True. not a chance in the world is he surviving this fall. Yeah, which is maybe the only detriment too of the movie, but it also proves that why everyone's like, why, why are we searching? So for it, him? it may be uh, a, a kind of interest within Harrison Ford's character as Kimball to, uh, like, that's his decision to. I have the chance to find the killer, the killer of my wife, or I'm gonna die or die. Like that's that's his kind of you, dilemma. Would, that he's would going you do through. it? I, that's the only cho- choice I got. You know, I'm, I'm either I'm not going, going to prison. He's yeah. going back for a death sentence. Yeah, like, and that's the way I I kept thinking about this. Is he was in? He was being transported to his death sentence mm-hmm. to get killed. That's what I. That's why I imagine. Yeah. So that means immediately once he once he's done here, if he goes with Gerard. They're gonna He's kill going him. to a death sentence. He's dead. So might as well have one last adrenaline rush. Yeah. Jump off this thing. And have if you a survive, little fun. Have a little fun. <laughs> you know, see if you can get yourself like a hot dog. <laughs> you know. He likes the movie. Your last Portillo. Uh, he likes the movie <laughs> Point Break. So you got to get that Italian beef. Live for the adrenaline rush, bro. Live for the adrenaline rush. That's, you know, I'm a doctor by trade, but a skydiver for life. Come on know? now. Adrenaline junkie. Uh, he, he, that's, that's Richard for you. Yep. If I know Richard. If I know Richard. <laughs> You'll never catch him. All right, so scene three. U.S. Marshals find and kill <laughs> another escaped convict from the de- from the derailment. Kimmel returns to Chicago to find the true killer and assumes the identity of a janitor to infiltrate the prosthetic department at Cook County Hospital. While at the hospital, he changes the medical instructions for a misdiagnosed trauma patient, which blows Kimball's cover. He flees and returns to his newly rented apartment. <laughs> Why the hell do these guys dress up as, as repairmen and plumbers just to kick down that fucking door for no? I never thought about that. Like they didn't need to I know, I was go like, undercover. Oh, fuck, yeah. fuck yeah, he's the drunk one. Cool. <laughs> like you know, speaking of Point Break, they didn't go like undercover to like raid that house. No, they just kicked down the fucking door. The only one was Gary Busey, just to, like and basically get a pulse check of the house. All he <laughs> yeah. did was just put on a Hawaiian shirt or yeah. something like that. Scooby, Scooby, Scooby. You seen a little dog around here? I never fucking thought about that, dude. Like, oh yeah, let's dress him up as homeless because I'm sure everyone's peeking out their windows right now. Yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah, that'll be good. And then it's there's something very funny, very Mel Brooks about them pulling a U.S. Marshal sign out of the jackets. <laughs> yes, that is that They're special jackets. Those were like, up custom, or down. What do you want? Custom made tailor, uh, fake. Yeah, <laughs> homeless people uniforms that they had. Oh, what, what they so so U.S. Marshals walk into uh, uh, you know costumes and makeup. Yeah, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. What are you going as? Homeless. All right, here's your jacket. Make sure here's your here's here's your lollipop shoot for your <laughs> U.S. Marshal sign. You should on your go back. as a plumber. Bring this pipe with you because you know you mean business, right? You know. Oh, what are you delivering? I have no idea. Well, here's a box, but there's a shotgun in it. <laughs> That's what he had. Are we good? Sounds good. There, man. This like this is an intense scene, though. It is, and I still, for as many times as I've seen this, it's been a long time. It's been maybe twenty years since I watched this movie. I still get thrown for a loop here, thinking they're going to catch Kimball because they make it purposely sound like we got our man, we're yeah. going. But no, it was the other. It's the other fugitive that, by the way, is on the loose that nobody seems to care about. Yeah. Until they figure this out, but yeah. But my God, no way in hell does a cop take that shot. That he took in I this don't movie. think so. I don't think mm, so. I don't know, man. I've seen some videos. <laughs> seen some he videos. he doesn't even look. He just like takes his gun around the corner and just goes. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, he gets he gets one. Uh, it's like he gets one good look and he takes the shot. And 
I mean, we are proving in this movie that Tommy Lee Jones is a fucking crack shot. He like, means business, and it, it really I solidifies his bargain. character. And he ad libbed that as well. Like that that line is just like, come on, it's 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 purely his character. I feel like he's not gonna he doesn't bargain with this guy, and I feel like you shouldn't. No, uh, you can't honestly because he's got a gun to him. But you also feel conflicted about it because you don't know what this guy has done. Uh, but he's also like, oh, we can talk about this. We can talk about this with a gun to your yeah, partner's yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just tell you what, what you I do? want. I want to get out of here. What I want do you out do? of here. You, you can't. You know, I, it's it's such a conflicting thing. But it, I, it's such a like kind of a character moment for time the, or for Gerard in this for me. I, I was like, I totally get you now. Like I totally get. He he will kill Harrison Ford's character. Yes, yeah. if he but needs to. My God, laugh out loud. Line of the movie is that girl is screaming. You shut up. And she shuts up. Amazing. I, like, tell me that was ad lib, please. Like, <laughs> yeah, probably. Because I and actually, it's like, it's a really dick move. Like her, her man just got gunned down in front of her yeah. when they were just having like a nice morning cuddle session. All of a sudden, <laughs> now he's dead. Like, yeah, you're gonna scream, but also like, shut up. <laughs> there is a. There's definitely a B roll movie about this guy and how <laughs> baby had just got out of prison and we're going down. We got the we got the money back. We're going to Florida. We'll wake up tomorrow. We're gonna leave. We're gonna get the car, pack it up, make sure your bags are ready to go, and we're going. And then Tommy Lee Jones busts through, dressed as a homeless man. <laughs> That's the end of his B roll movie. This yep, this yep. is something that it's a tough ending for the uh, Copeland, I think is the name. That's the that's the sad ending to his movie. Yep, 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 yep. Mm. But man, if you th- if you think about Tommy Lee Jones and where he was at in his career, like he had done a lot, but this was this was truly his breakout. I mean, because didn't he win Best Supporting Actor? Yep. Think about what happened after this. He he wins this, and this was definitely my first time ever seeing Tommy Lee Jones. I didn't I probably know who he was. me too. But then he then he's Men in Black, Batman Forever, Natural Natural Born Killers, U.S. Marshals, which wasn't very good, but it's a leading role. Yeah, uh, No Country for Old Men. Like he's like flying into these roles now just because of what he did in this movie. And I think he's I think he's the best actor in this movie. Oh, hands down. Mm, Batman and hands Robin. Down. Yep, yep, Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Sorry, yeah. I'm not saying he was, great. I'm not saying it was a great role, or but I mean he was in it. Oh, but it was also stardom. Yes, it's, I mean that is a star power role. role is star what power. They they, so they can say Tommy Lee Jones is in this movie. Exactly. Yeah. That is a big deal. Hundred percent. Man, and then even uh, Julianne Moore and Jane Lynch. Yeah, it's crazy to see that. Isn't movies. it weird because they were basically nobodies. Yeah, and based off her performance in this, Julianne Moore or Steven Spielberg saw her in this and was and wanted to cast her for Jurassic, uh, the second one, uh, Lost, Lost World. World. Yeah. Oh shit! Well, because oh. so Julianne Moore was the was the doctor at the hospital where he f- saves this kid. Then mm-hmm. right, Joel. Joel. Yeah, and like that's weird to me too because she. Like her staff and herself were incompetent here. I okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Two things here. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to this. Please. Yes, I'm gonna get to this. Well, number 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 one, Julianne Moore was actually supposed to be probably a bigger role in this because she was supposed to have some love interest, like kind of back and forth with with Kimball while he's mourning. Well, okay, so then maybe that plays to your timeline. Maybe a year did go by. See? Like there's something, and that's exactly right. Okay, Maybe that okay. enough time has passed for that to happen, right? Okay. Or something for that to, for him to feel vulnerable okay. enough. Okay. Who knows? She was supposed to have more time on screen for this. She was still billed pretty high. 
on this cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't think the same was said for like as, as far as screen time for Jane Lynch, but no. she was supposed to, they also played with that idea for her as well. Maybe a little bit of a uh, romantic chemistry. It wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. No. I, I agree. I agree. And I'm glad they did it the way they did. That's a professional relationship, right? Mm-hmm. That you they know, should have. And a lot of times they're trying to throw love, they like love do it. romantic into Like, don't fucking yeah, do it. We don't, don't need it. He's trying to solve the murder of his of his wife oh, that was just killed. He's gotten so far now he's like, you know what? Actually, I don't care anymore because I'm in love. Yeah. Look, at, look, at, <laughs> look at these liver samples. They're devouring each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, look, look into my... Look, look into the microscope. Mm, my eyes were there. Those are my tits. <laughs> right. Gets right up close to where she's, she's like, oh, oh. <laughs> but okay, so, but Julianne Moore then says, it's like, oh, well, that's crazy. Yeah, you can definitely go home. How's the kid doing? <laughs> Saved his life. It's like, well, no, what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What were you doing? No, this kid was we getting, were going to kill him. That's I an interesting way to, to literally admit your incompetence as healthcare provider, like as, as this person. I feel life. bad for Joel, man, because he's been he was getting tossed around yeah. by these guys, and he was getting asked at every point, "How you feeling?" And his only answer is, "My chest hurts." Nickname for the for the fucking <laughs> fifth time, "My chest hurts." Here's some help. Get me to where I need to be. <laughs> <Here's> <laughs> <some> <laughs> help, what's what's your name, kid? I'll fucking might as well be Buck because they keep passing me around. I don't know what the fuck. Like, what? <laughs> What's going on? But I, I love that this is the humanity of, of Kimball. Like, the fact that he wants to take the time to save this kid's life. If this whole scenario had happened to me, fuck everyone. You yeah. can all die. I don't even care if you're a kid. I don't care if you're a doctor. <laughs> you're dead to me. I'm out. Yeah. Where were you when I was going to die? No kidding. So that's that's the humanity of him. And, and Harrison Ford plays that so well, too. Even think about... He does. I was thinking about Harrison Ford's career at this point we had 80s mega star harrison ford all the star wars all the indiana jones stuff that is mega star 80s harrison ford but then you get to the 90s and he almost does like a complete reversal this is like witness uh, action it's a clear and present danger air force one patriot game six days seven nights this is like weird adult action star harrison ford and it's just weird. There, I mean, just a, just a difference of a decade. Everyone that all of our parents that watched this knew of uh, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. That's why they were. That's why they wanted to watch this movie. Is be like, yeah. what's up, dude? It's like, it's like less fantasy, more fiction, if you will. Like, or yeah. just like fiction, nonfiction stories of this idea of. Yeah, yeah, like you say, more adult vibes, not yeah. Indiana Jones and not Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, he no. was the selling point for this movie. Oh, God, you yeah. know, like the, he's the reason they had a three month turnaround for this is because he didn't have enough time to promote it after that three month window. So he had they had to have him like do all the the promotion circuit in those three months to build up to the release of this. And I mean, star power. That's if, what it is. Let's say they had cast an unknown great like fucking fantastic great actor nowadays but was unknown at the time instead of harrison ford this is not the number three movie in the no i mean because they people went to the theater for harrison ford mm-hmm. and then got a great movie and told and then go people. back again yeah. yes yeah can we like roger i was just gonna say can we do we do like this movie <clears throat> glosses over the fact that there is some sort of like like either school bus roll or school invader situation going on there's like 19 kids coming into this hospital is there that's like oh there are a bunch of kids like coming in and they've all got stuff in them stuck in them and like Ugh. they're all like the majority of the people in this of that scene 
where he saves that one kid's life, there's like a, they're all kids like rolling into this ER. They glossed over that. I another mean, another bus crash going on. There's somewhere? just bus crashes. They <laughs> another need bus train crash. They need to get their tires. Changed. Chicago's infrastructure is just it's Chicago. It's well, just I'll not tell you, okay. it's off the rails. That's it for us, guys. Okay, right. that uh, that uh, infrastructure is uh, really <laughs> derailing. <laughs> 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 Boy, things are starting to look pretty uh, pretty green in this movie coming up for the next scene. Guys, please talk. Okay, so scene four. Oh, my God. <laughs> scene four. <laughs> Gerard spots him at Chicago City Hall after an intense chase. Kimball dis- disappears. My chest hurts. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Joel? <laughs> What's the matter with you, Sean? My chest hurts. After an intense chase, Kimball disappears into a St. Patrick's Day parade. Later, he breaks into the home of another suspect on his list, Frederick Sykes, and discovers a photo that confirms Sykes is the killer. Kimball alerts Gerard to Sykes, and the cops question him. All right. I'm going to say this because this is one of the uh, top pieces of uh, movie factoids that I, I, I hold near and dear is about this scene in the um, St. Patrick's Day Parade. Mm-hmm. I think this is, again, goes back to allowing and the direction of um, letting natural things uh, dictate how your scenes play out. And they basically just got some permission. This is not staged. They've just put this together, and they said, and it wasn't even in the script, but they, they needed a way to lose him, I guess, like basically lose track of him again. And the St. Patrick's Day Parade is going on in Chicago, which is like one of the largest parades, I don't know, ever. And they they get the permission enough for Harrison Ford to walk into and Tommy Lee Jones to walk into the parade and get lost, basically. That's what they did. They gave the permission. There, this was not a bunch of extras. These weren't paid people or anything like that. They allowed them to walk in, and they had camera camera people following uh, each person. And that's what they did. Completely natural during the actual parade. Two steady cams following each actor. Yeah, and uh, it works. Like Harrison Ford was even like, "I'm my character is supposed to try and be incognito," so I was doing that. Yeah, and so it took a while for someone to even notice. It People was standing Harrison Ford. It was improv, right like grabbing someone's hat and stuff like yeah. that. I guess they didn't tell him to do that. They said, just dude, just try he, to blend in. He <laughs> grabbed a hat from a trash can or something. Yeah. He put it on. He took off his jacket. And it took like several minutes before someone walking right next to him in the what parade was, up, was like, are you are you Harrison Ford? <laughs> like, what no. are you doing here? No, that's not me. Like, No, I just thought that was... I think that's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And and the, the permissions to do that, I don't know that you could get that done now today. I don't know, man. Probably yeah. not. The, not mayor, all... the mayor of Chicago is like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. with fuck with our parade a sure, little bit. Sure, why not? I love I love before that scene, I like how it, it it's always talking it's always showing how smart Kimball is. Mm-hmm. This this still makes me go, ah, oh, I would have never thought about that. When he's trying to get out of the hospital and he goes, Oh, officer, there's a man in a in a blue coat waving a gun. Like yeah. fucking genius. Because yeah, he's he's running, holding a gun. They're gonna be like, we gotta stop you. You know, I I've always thought that that was just such a cool move. 
Yeah. And a thinking on your feet, just be like, yeah. At that's every how we're turn, man, it. it's it's so believable. Yep. Every every time he gets away, I believe it. And it's not like, oh, well, that was far fetched. Oh, he he uh you know dragged an old lady in front of him to like evade the capture. <laughs> right. It's like, no, none of that like weird bullshit is ever going on in this movie. It's always something that's really smart. And like even his friend, his friend, uh what's his goddamn name in the movie? Um oh, uh, Dr. Nichols. 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 Yeah. Um He's like, you're never gonna catch him, and like as an audience member, I'm like, I feel that yeah. because yeah. He's, like at every at every turn, he's like, and I can feel the frustration of Gerard too because mm-hmm. it's just like, god damn, every goddamn turn, I hate that that motherfucker was right that he keeps telling me I'm never gonna catch him. You know, there's something to be said about the fact that people don't recognize you. You're like when you go through a situation like this, or like, oh gosh, I better not, I better lay low, do that sort of thing. This is a person who thinks that literally everybody who could very well think everyone is out to find him and look for him. But half of the police force doesn't even know what he looks like. Yeah. That's the realization, right? Like half the people who are looking for him don't know what he looks like. Why would a common person, no. uh, like a regular person recognize him or know who he is um, up to whatever point that they actually release it. But, um, but yeah, and that has to be frustrating for Gerard. Like you're not going to find him. He's the too o- smart. The only unbelievable thing to me is we, we know how good Gerard is at shooting. Like he, he, with, with one inch to spare, he kills uh, Copeland. He's very then, trigger happy. Dude. As well. Then he like, bam, bam, one in the heart, one in the brain. When that glass is there, yeah. <laughs> Why didn't he shoot him in the foot? I don't know. He's shooting to kill, man. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, but at that point, couldn't he just be like foot, bam, 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 and like just put a bullet through his foot and to, and to get him right? Yeah, to yeah. basically be like you can't go anywhere yeah. anymore. Yeah, he just he's shooting it. to kill. Why don't you just keep walking up to the door while you're <laughs> shooting. <laughs> just go, hey, hey, security guard that's standing over there. This door right now needs to open because we're trying to get this guy. Hey, don't go through that open metal detector. <laughs> That was a real barrier for me. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It'll do go it. off. There's, I, got, I got a gun on me. No, I can't walk any further or closer to him. Uh yeah. Why didn't he <laughs> just shoot him toss him? Why didn't he just toss him the gun under the screen and say, "Hey, shoot yourself for me, will you?" Well, <laughs> why didn't he do that? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Well, now you're just being a dick. Yeah, okay. You're just being a total asshole. <laughs> What do you guys think about uh, Frederick Sykes when right. we finally meet him? So I've, I've been waiting to maybe say this for a minute here. Um, Please. There's a group of people that put this all together, as we find yes, out later yes. on, right? Um, I understand this character's background. Whose bright idea was it to say, well, somebody's got to go kill her? <laughs> uh, Sykes? Fre- Freddie? Let's send the guy with one fucking arm. <laughs> what? He's, he's former police, though. Oh, good. He's got one arm. Sykes, how'd you lose that arm? Trying to go kill someone. Ah. Yeah, yeah. How'd you lose that? In the line of duty. Okay, well, maybe we shouldn't send Sykes. I don't know. Here's the thing. He's like, well, he's like, hey, God, no. And maybe Sykes made a case. He pled his case. He's like, guys, I'm more than capable of handling this. I'm happy to do it, honestly. I... I think I can really take care of it. I don't know, man. I feel like if anybody kind of pegs you for having one arm, it might narrow things down. <laughs> what? Maybe, maybe we send someone the else fuck? to. Maybe we send someone else with you to lend a hand. <laughs> oh shit! You're, but I don't know, Sykes. You're going to be commi- you're going to be committing armed. Ro- I mean, arm robbery. Oh. Wait. 
Is it single <laughs> singular arm robbery? <laughs> it's not armed. I love it. Uh, I wrote that joke down too. <laughs> did you? Really? <laughs> one armed, one armed robbery. Wait, he only did it one, one time. One, well, one no, robbery. no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got it. He did one arm robbery. Single well, arm robbery. He did ten of them, but then he has one arm. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Uh, you got to hand it to this guy. Oh, you sure do. <laughs> <laughs> He's really capable. He's pretty handy. (laughs) (laughs) I can fix anything. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Jesus. You know we had to do it. We had to. We were going there. It's just like, why Why is that? And they're like genius scheming like it's going to be perfect. I've got this all laid out, guys. All we need is a trigger man. It's like, well, (laughs) 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 who's going to pull the trigger? Well, I've got a hand in this. What if, if, hold on though. What happens if he drops the gun and the bullets fall out and he has to put the bullets back in the gun? Can he load the gun? Well, let's 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 give him a revolver. The trickiest fucking thing. Was this a joke? Was this a Rocco scenario again? Of like like, me, six bullets. Like, yeah. You see, he's like, you couldn't have. God. It's easier to put a clip in like, with your mouth than he it is like a made bullet. a case for himself to like actually kill somebody. He's <sighs> like, no, I think I think we're gonna get uh, Daniels to do it. I think we'll get Daniels. Daniels is good He's shit. Like, Guys, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know that I can do this. I- All right. He's like. <laughs> arm falls off and becomes detached. I'll tell you what, though. I do, like, I want to hate Sykes, but I also, like, kind of don't hate him. Like, I feel like he's really good in this interrogation when the when the cops are there. Sorry. I'm, like, I'm just trying to move this along here, guys. I know. I like, I like how he, he does kind of take control. He's like, he's not scared at all of their interrogation, even yeah. though he knows, like, holy shit. Yeah. But, like, I'm wondering, can... Can he have? Like, I want to know the law here. Can he actually have them go into his house without him inviting them in there? Well, All they it said was, it w- there was a phone call from that house. So does is that enough to warrant something? Like if if it's a fugitive a goes in, if so. a fugitive goes into my okay. house right now and I'm not there, and they find out he makes a phone call from there, can they automatically go inside my house? I think so because there was also technically, technically a considered, crime. yeah, technically oh, considered armed and okay. dangerous. Okay, yeah, armed and dangerous. <laughs> He's arm and dangerous. <laughs> consider, him, consider him arm and dangerous. He wasn't until he found the arm in the fucking drawer. Uh, okay, so if you want, if you really want to get back at this guy, even like just like a, in a petty way, take that fucking arm. <laughs> that dude gets home and he's like, "Where's my fucking arm?" At? No, 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 no. Just, just bend the claw enough <laughs> so it doesn't make proper cuts. Make, make a make a cut yeah. on the on the like, wire. So instead of it being like this, it ends up just being like this. Like when he cuts it, he's like, "God dang!" I can't pick up my remote. He can't pick up the bullets. <laughs> He can't, he can't load the toilet paper. <laughs> I don't even want to finish the movie. He didn't even give a chance. You would, oh my god! My head hurts. We took away all his all his capabilities. I want him to be He's like not so handy anymore. <laughs> I want him to be like the, the bad guy at Enter the Dragon, where he has multiple arms for multiple uses. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh Jesus! He just said Kimball. Kimball's just driving away. Just like <laughs> fucking got him, dude. <laughs> I can't breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guys, we got to finish this. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> this is why you listen. <laughs> listen, I say this every time. A lot of podcasts. Have probably talked about the fugitive, but <laughs> none, none went where we just went, you guys. But, but you wanted us to, oh. and we did it. <laughs> okay, let's finish this movie. <laughs> Kimball begins to acquire evidence about the drug cover-up that got him framed. He also figures out that Dr. Nichols was involved. Kimball is attacked by Sykes, but he's able to escape. <coughs> Arriving at a conference that Dr. Nichols is speaking at, Kimball publicly confronts him. A fight breaks out, resulting in Nichols is arrested. Nichols is arrested. Gerard believes Kimball is innocent. My head hurts. My head uh, hurts really bad, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, also, one arm guy uh, creeps. You're bringing his... him back? God damn it. Sykes. Uh, Sykes. Sykes. <laughs> <laughs> Sykes. Funny enough, that's what he said when he when he bent the thing. Psych. <laughs> we'll let it go. Handshake. Let it go. <laughs> he goes for a handshake. He's like, psych. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I can't. If you go any further, I can't. That's what they My head hurts. Oh my god! Oh. Right. He looks like Boris Karloff. Yes, he does. Uh, it looks like Frankenstein's monster. That's, yeah. that's a note that I had, mm. and that's all I have to say about that. Uh, he definitely does. He looks like Jaws uh, from from yeah. um, James Bond. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's definitely his his like shorter brother. Uh, I, yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> There's nothing else that's going to be funny from here on no, out, guys. So if, you, if you're looking for any more laughs, no. it's not going to happen. Well, I guess we'll just talk about um, the movie. I will, I will tell you that that the one thing that bothers me here is Sykes, Sykes is the actual killer of his wife. Yes. Yes. And, Thank you. And Kimball just literally, like, he's like, we. I just need to, de- uh, you know, uncapacitate you so that I can move on to the real people. Yeah. Right. Like, no, I would do terrible fucking things to Sykes. Yeah, I'd I would sure. not chain him up. For the cops to find him later. I'd make sure he fell between like the the train and the ramp. Yes. That's what I would do to that guy. It is yes. like the, right? I maybe, mean maybe the only trope oh, that this looks like an accident. Oh. oh. Maybe the only oh. trope that this movie falls into is that sort of aspect where there's, there's you know a, there's a, there's the yeah. guy that with the master plan and then the guy that actually yes. does it and they, they usually don't ever get this the, the treatment that they deserve. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. You don't like it they're not they're not actually as important as the guy who masterminded it all, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I see that a lot in movies. Get, is, is all you're is still going to be mad at Nichols? I get yeah. it. He was your friend. He fucked this whole thing up. But that man killed your wife. Correct. Like, like, like that's the guy who who did it. Did you catch as many times as I've watched this movie as a kid? I never once figured out how this actually happened. Did you catch like how Doctor Nichols and Sykes like made this happen? Uh, yeah, I, the, it took the, me a long time. It, it takes it's so so what what the I pharmaceutical under, thing? Yeah, what no 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 yeah well, I, I how, get that. I mean how they actually were trying to kill him and his wife, like how that actually happened. Because oh, remember okay, they're yeah. like there was no forced entry and the alarm was off. From what I gather at the beginning of the movie, uh, Nichols gives his car keys back to Kimball yes. and says, "Hey, thanks for the loaner." So and, and then they gas, also talk. You know. Yeah, they also talk about how. Uh, Kimball made a phone call to Sykes at 7.30 p.m. from inside from the house. From his car phone. So, so what I'm thinking is that Nichols went over to the house, let Sykes in, and then shut the door and locked right. Sykes. Sykes was in the so house. He's in, in the closet. Waiting, yes, waiting. So he did not have to break in. Like, right. And I never once 
understood what was happening there as a kid. No, because right? it's it's all very subtle. Yeah, it's all very subtle. It's very subtle dialogue. It's not poignant dialogue like that. It you would normally want it to be, so that way. And I don't know if that was a, again a conscious choice or not. Um, but it that doesn't it 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 tells the audience, but it doesn't help the audience. Yeah. It, you know, so to you speak. kind of have to think about it, and yeah, it's which the, I like. It's I the, do too. It's the final thing of of him saying, "Well, yeah, it was weird. I ran the phone records, but the dead giveaway is." But there was one made uh, from Kim- Kimball actually called Sykes. Yeah, from his car. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Okay, so that means so that basically means that Nichols was doing the buddy phone call. He's like, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm calling you. Make sure you're ready to go. I don't want to be sitting next to your door like waiting outside for 7 minutes." 7:30 means 7:30. 7:30 30 means 7:30. I'm going to be there outside, okay? Let the dog out now. Yes. That's what you got to yeah. do. Mm. And then they you know, they get in this big fight on the on the rooftop and it's it's sort of that be- like bad guy helps bad guy saves the cop from the real bad guy cliche gone in 60 seconds dude one million per <laughs> second like we just did that like that's kind of a trope in movies sometimes where like i saved your life now what you know, like, it, it ends up and wraps up pretty pretty uh pretty easily and pretty uh you know uh, i guess uh predictively in a way but i it's the only way that it really could have it should honestly i wanted i just wanted it's the it's I always wanted to wrap up a little tighter, right? And then maybe it's the you it's don't a feel positive. like this. Well, actually, wait how how do you don't so you wanted more out of this ending? He's not unconvicted at this point, dude. He so he he's literally going back to jail for his death sentence, right? Like that does not automatically get overturned. He's true. He's he's not uh what do they call that? Like he's not he hasn't been cleared of all these no, charges. Or they they will have to retrial. Yeah, right. at the least there's a retrial. With for sure. and, and, and he's like, still like let's convicted. Say, let's say evidence got fucked up or something like that, or they can't, or or he hires that stupid shitty attorney. He did. Yeah. What if they can't actually prove this? Like we know this is the truth and. And, you know, uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character is like, yeah, I believe you, but Tommy Lee Jones is not a detective, and he will not be involved in this. He's just like, hey, I got my man. <laughs> he know? got his man. He's probably taking him He's to He's taking his man directly to <laughs> yeah. the fucking gas chamber. Wow. Like, and that that never registered with me as a kid. I'm like, oh, he undid the cuffs. So he's probably going to take he him to McDonald's. Knows or knows something. he's not dangerous at that point, yes. he just, but he's going to go kill. The him. protocol is you need to go back to jail. Yeah, and I guess it's the only reason why he might have left both of those guys alive at this point. Okay, okay. You know, if he kills them, True. if he kills him, then he does become a murderer while being a convicted murderer, right? Yeah. So he did make hey, the right. Good call. news, we've uh, acquitted you of the killing of your wife, but. Sykes. But wait, <laughs> but wait, there's more. There's more. And he only had one arm. And by the way, he was handicapped. This ain't gonna go in your in your favor there, That's Doc. Pretty fucked up. They don't they don't take kindly to your kind in Mm-mm. prison. Mm-mm. And I, I do want to say, because you've probably already turned the episode off at this point, but we are not <laughs> making fun of disabilities. We're making fun of a murderer. Yeah. That just so happens to have one just arm. Just so okay? happened he did. If that was a normal guy, if uh Kimball had one arm, we would not make those same jokes. Yeah. Right. Look, if, Oh if, totally. Exactly. Uh, no, hey, it, it, you're right. If it, look, if we we're, were not making fun of disabilities, no, it, it, we just don't think he should have signed I have up a small for the penis for, disability, and he, I don't make fun of that. Exactly. Okay? See, you know, you don't, you, know, you gotta let it go, right? You, you don't, you don't say strike, strike that. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's the fact that he's the one who obviously volunteered for some in for this for this duty. If he would have signed up for arm wrestling, it would have been a different thing. 
you know. <laughs> we have done Look, guys, over, have over, over the top the movie over the top eye. <laughs> scene by scene, we gave you more laughs than you ever would have expected listening to a review of The Fugitive, especially from jokeless, comedyless Harrison Ford. Um, we got to give it a modern day rating. AJ, what is your modern day rating of this movie? I really enjoy the movie. I think it's uh, I think it's actually really fun. I think it's a little long, and I do think um, I, I think that there's a great pace to it, but there are parts that I was just sitting there thinking like, man, I, um, I, uh, I, I am kind of looking for this to wrap up a little bit more. Uh, there's just, I just think the, my biggest issue is the pacing of it. I think it, there's, it just gets drawn out at points. It's like two out over two hours. Um, so other than that though, I, I fully endorse like the, the idea of all the nominations this got Tommy Lee winning, like all those things. I really do. I think his performance is phenomenal and phenomenal in this. I think it's written very well. And I think it's directed amazingly because you don't get a movie. You don't, you don't get a movie that has so much, um, so much wonderful improv, uh, elements to it, uh, without, without that. So, um, is it my favorite thing? No, I, I I don't think it is. But I do I do really enjoy the movie, and I think it deserves all the credit that it gets. So I I am going to give this uh, objectively. Technically, it needs to be better than Starship Troopers, guys. So I <laughs> I need to give it an eight point three. Eight point three. Wow. Sean, what about you, man? Um, yeah, I think that this movie is uh, incredibly made, um, incredibly acted, especially by Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford. Um, and Joey Pants. Joey Pants is good. We don't talk about him much. Hair, hair Joey Pants. Yeah, yeah. kind of cool. Goonies um, Joey Pants. Yeah. I, I think that uh, the, the as a movie, as like a kind of like a thriller mystery kind of thing, the movie like puts a map into your head. And then, and then as the movie kind of goes on for the two-hour duration, it gives you these pinpoints on, on which to kind of fall into and like uh, kind of make your own way into. Like it, it doesn't spoon feed you is kind of what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is there's those movies out there that we research, and I find that the the production and the making of it is way more fascinating than the movie itself. And this is unfortunately one of those movies. I think if this movie had a little bit more meat to it, had a little bit more uh, like kind of edge to it. It's it's a very like I said, I still think it's more of like a a, a dad or a mom movie to mm. me. Whereas I I just think that this if it did have like a little bit more meat and a little more more edge, maybe a little bit more violence or something um, to kind of like kind of reel me in. It's just that's just taste wise. Yeah, I think I'd like it a little bit better. So I'm gonna give this a seven point five. Well, Sean, I am a dad uh, now, so uh, this movie was right up my freaking alley. Uh, I I still love this movie. I didn't I did not feel like it was too long. I felt like it was it was awesome. Like I looked at it ahead of time, going, "Oh, that's gonna be a long movie," but it it flew by like it used to as a kid. I, I I'm scared to death of the idea of being wrongfully accused of something, mm-hmm. and I'm also scared to death of the fact that this seems so far fetched to me back in the day of like, oh, the drug companies lied about this to make this is real life. This happens probably every fucking day. People are probably getting canceled or losing jobs or getting killed 
just to make billions of dollars on medicine that we don't need for something like yeah. it's this is like a scary scary fucking movie mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way and I, I i love it honestly i'm an 8.3 with you as well executive producer david gould said even after all these years i feel this movie holds up better than most even though during the opening title sequence i found myself waiting for the law and order guitar riff to kick in at any moment <laughs> dang, dang. Although the story is suspenseful and the visuals are striking, I'm left with questions. Why does nobody want to do their job except except Tommy Lee? How is Harrison Ford so good in this, even though he has 10 lines? Is it really that easy to evade the police while constantly walking around with them? Even with all this, the movie's fantastic, and no matter the time of year or time of day, I'm ready to go on this ride to find the one-armed man. Also, now when my six-year-old is fighting bedtime, I will softly but softly but firmly say, I don't bargain. <laughs> <laughs> my modern-day rating is a 7.36. That takes us to a 7.87 for this movie for a modern-day rating. Guys, that's going to get pretty high on the list here. Uh, 7.87 is number 33 on our list. It is just below uh, The Matrix, actually, just below The Matrix, just above American Psycho is where we feel this movie is. Okay. I, Can you live with that? I, I, that. I like it. Yeah. It's a great movie. I'll watch yeah. any of those movies any day. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for being here. Tune in next week. Uh, we got Airborne. It's going to be a fun thing. And then we're bringing Harrison back for Raiders of the Lost Ark, My voted son? on oh. by our Patreon members. Hell yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Also, if you're new to the podcast, go back this time last year. I've never seen Explorers. Oh, yeah. oh man. It's a fun episode. I, I thought that was a great time. In fact, I had never seen it. But I had you, never seen it. You, us two had never seen it, yeah. and AJ was the one that, that brought that. I thought that was a fun one. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great movie up until a certain point. Until a certain point. <laughs> I thought we were spot on with it. Yeah. Yep. And don't forget, we have a voicemail call us at 319-804-9596. Leave us some feedback like today's caller. Hey, you guys. This is Michael. I'm a truck driver. You guys keep me entertained all the time. Man, and I just really love to listen to you guys, even though there are some things I don't agree with you, but I do agree with a lot. And I will agree that the Super Mario Brothers movie is almost the worst movie ever made. <laughs> I think something that's worse than that that you guys might look into doing be Howard the Duck. Hmm. Um, other than that, man, you guys keep up the good work. I love Cedar Ridge whiskey. Just yeah. got my first bottle the other day, oh, and it's very tasty. Uh, guys, keep going. And well, damn dang it to both, all three of y'all. Damn dang it to you, buddy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. I know we got some truck driver listeners out there, and that just warms my heart. Yeah. I feel someday, you. Someday I want to be at, like, a gas station, and I want to, like, say something to the gas attendant. I want somebody to be like, Mike from the Confused Breakfast? Hey, maybe we'll see each other on uh, I-80 sometime. Shit, Sean's, yeah. a, Sean's a fucking truck driver yeah, like he, you, man. He's on I-80 all the time. Yeah, dude. I, I hate it. Candy yeah. cane. <laughs> candy cane. <laughs> I'll take us out, AJ. Hey, man. Uh, you know what? I appreciate it. I've, we love that you you called in. And uh, yeah, you know what? You might not agree with us on some things. You agree with us on other things. It's okay. We're not we're not finite in anything, right? Um, but we really do appreciate everybody, uh, you know, listening to the show, uh, hanging out with us here. And we really would appreciate it if you did leave us a review. Five stars anywhere you're listening. Uh, write us a review if you can on that platform. Uh, and uh, please check us out on check us out on the YouTube. 
just give us a check. Get face to face with us on the YouTube and our social media. Just search for Confused Breakfast, guys. Go to confusedbreakfast.com and get some of our merch. You can get some shirts, you can get some hoodies, you can get some koozies. Uh, you can get your own paraplegic uh, arms. Uh, you can get, uh, you got to hand it to them, really. Um, go to confusedbreakfast.com as well to see our ratings of every movie we've ever done individually and show wise. Thank you very much. And, and you know now that we're going to be canceled we're going to need that patreon money more than ever so please go to patreon.com slash confused breakfast directly support this show get tons of perks support our sponsors that is all we could ever ask for you we are produced by upload media group in cedar rapids iowa craig is good he looks he's giving us the look like he doesn't want to do this anymore <laughs> and so this might be he his last it. time but he is here and we are part of the Cloud 10 iHeart Podcast Network. Check them out at cloud10.fm, uploadmediagroup.com. I love you all. Goodbye. I love you. Love you. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> hey, all right. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.